Good morning again, and uh, if you haven't met me, I'm David Roberts, and uh, I'm uh, a prayer pastor along with my wife, Michelle, who's standing in the back. Um, I'll let you switch over to the Apple also. They're getting that. In your bulletins this morning, just a quick announcement on that, there was a bookmark. And it is, um, will be tied in with what we're doing this morning. It also is a reminder of a book that some of us have read that is open to you if you would like to uh, go find that book. It's uh, a book by uh, Pastor Mark Batterson, and the title is Whisper, and it talks about the seven ways that God speaks to you. Um, so they were in your bulletin, but if you didn't get one or if you would like one, uh, Michelle's got a stack of them, I've got a stack of them, we'll keep giving them away till they're gone. So in, enjoy that if you would like to. Our focus of our prayer time has been, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But on top of that, then, we wanted to make sure that there were some specific things that we looked at. And that is, can we ask the question, who is God? Can we ask the question, who does God say that I am? And are we willing to ask God what his plan is? So this morning in Conversation 45, I ask every group to do a little exercise. And so you are surrounded on the walls this morning by some papers that say, who God is and who he says you are. There's also a blank one over there and a blank one over there because God's not done telling you the story. There may be more to who he is in your life than you realized. There may be more to who he wants to be for you than you realized. And there be maybe more of the plan that he has for your life than you realized. I will invite you, for those of you again who don't know me, I was a teacher and I was not the type of teacher who was like, sit down. No, no, I'm talking, you sit. Uh, if you need to get up and sharpen your pencil in my class, go ahead. That makes sense. If you need to borrow something, that makes sense. So contrary to most messages, if you need to get up in the middle here because God drops something in your heart about who he is, there's a pen below those papers also. Feel free to add. We want to know who God says he is. And we want to know who God says you are. And we want to know that we can continue to ask what his plans are for us. So if you want to add while I'm talking, add. If I say something that makes you go, oh, wait a minute, I need to add that one. You know what? Over here, there's one from the Wisdom in the Word group that meets over the parsonage. And it's underlined like six times because six different people put it on their little post-it. Who does God say that you are? A child of God. Over and over and over again, we were reminded this morning by the group that meets over there that we are a child of God. What would it be like in your life if every single day you remembered to surround yourself with who God is? What would it be like if every single day of your life you were reminded to surround yourself with who he says you are? And what would it be like if every single day of your life you started off by saying, God, what's your plan? What do you think? What would it be like? So, I want to be able to share a scripture with you this morning that is a long one. 
I usually am the type of guy who's going to give you one short scripture and we're moving on. Not this morning. Because nothing says it better than the Bible. So if you have your Bibles with me, with you, would you turn to Psalm 103? Before we read through this scripture, though, I want to remind you that part of who God is, he is a heavenly father who left you an inheritance. And then he sent his son to die on the cross to make sure that you get the inheritance. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you every single day to remind you to access the inheritance. You need a reminder every day of who you are, who God says he is, and what your inheritance is. Because your inheritance will empower you to do all that you have been called to do for the plan that God has. You need an inheritance word. You need a document that tells you what your inheritance is. What has been left to you? I have a notebook up here where I was challenged at one point to write down inheritance words. Scriptures that stuck out to me in key moments of my life that I rely on. And my inheritance words may not be the same as yours, but for years and years and years, the inheritance word of Jonathan and his armor bearer saying, perhaps God is an inheritance word to me that says, you know what? Take the risk. Find out what God will do when you take the risk. That's one of my inheritance words. I also have some inheritance songs. Songs that have meant something to me in key moments in my life. If you don't have an inheritance word, an inheritance song, I challenge you this week to find one, and this one might be it. Because here we go in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's what we've been doing for the last week. When you try to remember who God says he is, I'm trying to remind you what the benefits are. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger for Forever, but it keeps going. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. 
As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We can go home now. If we would read that scripture every day, because what was the first part? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And verse 2. Do not forget his benefits. Don't forget who he is. Don't forget who he says you are. And don't forget that he's got a plan and it is for good. What would happen if we would surround ourselves again, just as physically you can see these papers on the wall, what would happen if every single morning of your life you surrounded yourself with that scripture? I will bless the Lord and I won't forget the benefits of who he is. Bless the Lord, O my soul. There are benefits. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1. And God said, let there be light. Have you read Genesis 1 lately? Do you know how many times it's, it, it has in the word, there in the words, and God said, and God said, and God said. And then following it is, and God blessed. And God blessed, and God blessed. Well, the God who spoke is speaking still. He's not done. And the God who blessed is blessing still. He is not done. We have promises. We sang it this morning. Thank you, Tammy. God's promises are yes and amen. Every promise he ever made still exists for you today. Still exists for you today. I want to tell you a little bit of a story. It's a very brief one this time. Haven't had as much sleep this week as I would usually like. So last night, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to get a lot of sleep. You remember last week we read the scripture about God calling Samuel. So last night, I'm going to finally get a lot of sleep. And I think I did. But I haven't told my family yet that in the middle of the night, God called out to me. He gave me an example. I am as sure as I can be that in the middle of the night, I heard my daughter yell, Daddy! And I was awake like that, and up and out of bed, and run into her room, and it's dark and there's nothing going on. I know I heard it. It wasn't just a dream. I was Samuel for a second. As sure as I could be that Eli called for me, and I went running, just like Samuel did. 
and God was kind enough to go. Are you listening, David? You've told everybody at Legacy to pray. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. But David, are you listening? Because just as, as sure as I was that wide awake and sure that somebody called my name, God wants to call you. God wants to speak to you. God has a plan for you. He wants to convince you he is still speaking. So will you ask him today to speak to you? Will you take a moment? And then will you ask him how he wants to speak to you? I'm an educator again, and we were talking before the service a little bit. So I was a math teacher, and I was a basketball coach. And at a certain point, I had to remember that the speech I gave at halftime when we were down 20 was not the same tone or the same speech I could give to my math students when they missed a problem. <laughs> Wasn't going to work. What, are you kidding me? You got 2x plus 3 equals 7, and you told me the answer is 50? You can't do it that way. That would have been me at halftime when we're down 20. Doesn't work with the math student. How does God want to speak to you? He knows the different circumstances. As much as I know that when I'm talking in front of a math class, there's a way I do it, when I'm talking to my basketball team that's down 20 at halftime, there's a way I do it. I don't know why I keep on talking about being down 20. It didn't happen that often. We were usually, I think she just said 10, 20 times. We were always ahead at halftime. That's how I'm going to remember it. God knows how to speak to you, but are you willing to ask him how he wants to speak to you? That's part of what we have in this little bookmark, is that there are ways that God wants to speak to you. In that, the book that we've talked about that you could buy for yourself, Whisper, you might actually have to have a willing heart that says, God, can you speak to me in this circumstance? We know God speaks to us in Scripture. But does he ever speak to you through a desire that he gives you? That could be him guiding you saying, this is what I want you to do. Are you listening? He can speak to you through an open door and through a closed door. Have you ever tried to open the door and it just doesn't seem to work? That might be God speaking to you. Or the door is open. That might be God speaking to you. Years ago when... Michelle and I were first on what we called the transformation team, and Pastor Susie was training us up. We would practice allowing God to speak to us. And at some point I said, because other people talk about how they get these dreams, they get these pictures, and I said, not me. All I ever get is scripture. That's it. I, I don't get pictures. I don't get dreams. Ever since then, I get pictures, I get dreams. And whether it's an actual dream you had at night or just the dream I'd like to do this, could that be God speaking to you? 
God will speak to you through people. I want to take you back to last week. Remember, a prayer in 1962 is the reason why I'm here. I would not be here had there not been a prayer over 50 years ago. What some people did has affected me, and I wasn't there. What are you doing that's going to affect somebody else? Are you willing to accept that your prayers are of great value, not only today, but tomorrow and 50 years from now and 100 years from now, from generation to generation to generation? God will speak to you through promptings, but the last one that Pastor Mark Batterson talks about is he will speak to you through pain. So I'm going to go back to a little story here of my coaching. And I was going to set it up differently, but I finally decided, no, I'm just going to be really blunt about it. 18 years ago, I had the privilege of coaching a team in the Idaho Center in Nampa with about 8,000 people watching. It was the state championship. And with less than a minute left, my freshman all-star went to the free throw line and he had made 13 straight free throws during the state tournament. And we were ahead by two points. We're going to win the state championship. And I'm going to have a ring on my finger and I'm going to have a banner at Meridian High School and all, oh, this is good. It's going to be so good. And he makes the first free throw. Some of you were there that night. And Kyle, I apologize, because I know we made you cry. How old were you then? Seven or eight years old. Little Kyle McMorrow was in the stands watching. He misses the next free throw. Okay, so he's 14 out of 15 in the state tournament. You can't blame the kid. The other coach calls timeout. I call my guys over. This is great. We're right where we want to be. We've been here before. This is how we do this. We do this. We do this. We do this. We're going to win this thing. It's going to be great. Nice job. Go. And we forgot one little thing that we always do. They make a three-pointer. They tie the game. We go into overtime, and we lose the state championship. I realize that at, by this time in my life, I should be able to say, you know, and I'm looking back, Brian Champ cannot relate to this at all. Because he always won state championships. Every, how many state championships did you win? Two. Two. Troublemaker. <laughs> how many times did you beat my team at state? <laughs> <laughs> Man, tough crowd. You would think by this time I would be able to say we got second. I can't. We lost the state championship. I, we, we were not rewarded with second place. Yes, we have a trophy at Meridian High School when I, from when I worked there. Yes, we got second. It was a great year. It was so much fun. But unfortunately, 18 years later, I still say, we lost the state championship. 
that shouldn't be a painful experience. It's not that big a deal. But do I get to learn from that and say, through the painful experiences of my life, I learned to rely on God anyway. I learned to trust him anyway. I learned to say he is faithful anyway. It's not about the wins and the losses. It's about the love of God and the transformation that is in my life and having an intimate relationship with him. You may have situations in your life that stand out to you and you can look back 30 years and go, but that loss hurt. And I don't blame you. The loss hurts. The pain is there. I'm not asking you to ignore the loss. I'm not asking you to ignore the pain. I am asking you, though, to say there is intimacy and relationship with, with, with God anyway. Yes, amen. Okay, I'm never going to look at somebody who's going through a hard time and go, well, just have faith and believe and be positive. That is not real. Pain, write this down. Pain is painful. (laughs) And in the middle of it, God is faithful. Remember all of his benefits. It's okay to remember the pain. It's okay to be disappointed. But don't forget in the middle of it what the benefits are. I've mentioned this one before, but you will listen and you will hear the sounds that you listen to the most. What does that mean? I'm going to pick on him one more time. Brian Champ, can you still hear Coach Kata's voice? If there was a crowded room and he yelled, Champ, would you recognize his voice? Parents, middle of the night, your child cries. Will you recognize what that cry means? What voice are you listening to the most on purpose? Because that's the one that you will hear the most on purpose. Are you practicing purposefully hearing things with your inner ear. One more teaching analogy, and that is this. I can sit in a classroom, and there can be loads of things going on. I can even be in a classroom, and a student can raise their hand and ask a question, and I go, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear that. Ask the question again. But why is it that as a teacher... The student in the back corner whispers to their friend, and I heard every word. (laughs) Because I have trained my ear to listen on purpose for the whisper. You have an inner ear, and on purpose, you can hear the whisper. You got to lean in. You got to be purposeful about it. Will you do that? Will you do it on purpose? Because here's what God has for you. When God speaks to you, in the last week, if you have asked God to speak, here's what he will speak to you. God will speak peace. God will calm things down. He will bring comfort. He may convict you, but he will not condemn you. 
Make sure you separate the two. God will speak to you. His speech will create things in your life, no different than he created the world in Genesis 1. His speech to you will be encouragement. It will bring healing to you. It will enlighten you. It will reassure you and strengthen you. If you hear something other than that, it wasn't God. In some circumstances, in some painful situations, we start rehearsing what? The pain. In some painful situations, we start rehearsing, I don't like this. Why did this happen? We start rehearsing the wrong thing. If you're hearing any other voice than these things, it's not God. It's important to me that convict is in the list. Because as a good father, there are times when God will say, well, stop. That wasn't the best choice. Try again. But if it brings condemnation, that wasn't the voice of God. Or you allowed it to be twisted in your brain and you need to remember his benefits. Those are how God wants to speak to you. And if you heard anything else, you didn't quite hear it correctly. So again, as I said last week, in every circumstance, through every circumstance, over, around, and of, over, and around, and under every single circumstance, will you ask this? Will you ask God to be the loudest, clearest, and most reproducible voice you hear? He wants to be that voice for you. So the rest of the story from last week with blind Bartimaeus, Lazarus, and the Holy Spirit. What happened to blind Bart after he was healed? Is it in scripture? then you get to fill in the story. What do you think happened to blind Bart after he was healed? Do you think he walked away and told no one? When God brings healing, there's more to the story and you're probably going to tell somebody about it because other people need to know miracles still happen. When Lazarus came back from the dead, what was the rest of the story? Well, there are some things about Lazarus and his sisters. But the biggest and most important thing is it never stops with just the healing. It never stops with just the restoration. There's always more to the story. What's your more? And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, there was certainly more to the story. Because it was the Holy Spirit that empowered all of those peoples, those peoples, 
all of those people to create the church that we know today. There's always more to the story. There's always more relationship. There's always more. Can we make part of the more this? That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will consistently be acceptable in the sight of God. Can I rehearse who God says he is? Can I rehearse who he says I am? And can I make my thoughts? Can I rehearse and make my words his words? I don't want God to speak to us this week and the rest of this coming week just to bless us. To finish the second in the state story. I don't know how the buzzer went off at the end of that game because at, at the beginning of overtime, I took my suit jacket off and put it over on a chair because I was done with that thing. I'm ready to go. We're going to win this thing. I don't know how the buzzer went off and I went... grabbed the coat, and put on my coat of righteousness because they handed me a microphone in front of 8,000 people to give a speech that I had not rehearsed, that I didn't want to give. But I put on my coat, my coat of righteousness and I congratulated the other team, and their coach, and their fans. And then I congratulated my players and handed each one of them a medal and then went to the locker room and cried with them. Because my job at that point was to take the blessing that God had given me in my life and be an encouragement to somebody else when it was hard. That's part of the rest of the story. God wants to speak to you because you've been through hard things and somebody else is going to go through something hard and they need you. In the moment of pain, they need you. But guess what? In the moment of celebration, the other team needed me to recognize them. Part of the story is God wants to speak to you because he wants you to speak to others. And there are going to be some times when I don't feel like I want to, I'm not prepared to, I can't do this, there's no way I'm going to say the right thing now. Put on your coat of righteousness and be who God called you to be and believe that you can be an encouragement to somebody else when it's hard. Because that's who God made you. Rehearse who God said you are. Practice who God said you are. Your words are of value. Just like the word of God is of value to you. You may be the only God somebody else meets. You may be the only scripture somebody else meets. You may be the only dream 
somebody else meets. You may be the only one that speaks the word of encouragement to somebody who's going, um, it's over. God wants to speak to you, but it's not about you. He wants relationship with you, but he wants relationship with you so that you can help him have relationship with others. He wants intimacy with you because he is building a church the same as he did 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So let the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable. Let them be an encouragement to others because that's who God made you. Would you stand with us this morning? I encourage you today, ask God to speak to you and be purposeful about it. You know, God can speak to you in the middle of the grocery store. God can speak to you in the middle of circumstances. God can speak to you through a song on the radio that's not on Christian radio. God can speak to you anytime, any way, anyhow he wants to. Will you ask him to? We want to take a moment again. I'm going to invite the prayer team to go ahead and go back there. And if you would like prayer this morning specifically, and you would like to ask for God to speak to you, and you need help with that, though, you can go to the prayer team and ask them. Because sometimes I feel like I can ask God and he's going to speak to me and sometimes I need somebody else. And that's okay. So if you would like prayer in that way, they will be back there as we sing this last song. But also this morning, if you're here for the first time or if you're in church for the first time and you're saying, I don't know if I get this God speaking to me thing, but I'd like to give it a try. I'm willing to take a step of faith and say, Lord, speak, for I want to listen to you. Change the trajectory of my life, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for not recognizing that you have my best at heart. Will you speak to me this morning? If there's anyone who is praying that in their heart for the first time, would you just raise your hand real quick? And Lord God, we just thank you for these hands. And we ask that you would bless each hand that has been raised and that you would entirely, oh God, speak to this heart and bring your peace, your encouragement, convict where they need conviction, but Lord God, bring your peace. If you need prayer this morning, again, the prayer team is back there. The altar is always open if you just want to come up and listen to God. Let's sing this song.
Legacy Church in the days ahead, it's going to get more and more important to understand that Jesus knows your name because masses are going to begin to pour into church. And the first thing our flesh will say is, I, nobody knows me. God will always know you. And if you have an intimate relationship with him, you can go out into the treasure valley with a million people and feel special. Amen. God knows your name. doesn't matter if anybody else does. God knows your name. Now, I believe in this house you will always feel important. I believe the Lord's going to show us how to do that as we grow. But, oh, isn't it wonderful to know Daddy God always knows you. And you're always important to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. You never ask a parent which one of their kids they love the most, right? Don't ever ask a parent that. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for what you're about to do and what you are doing and how you're preparing our hearts for greatness. God, you're preparing our hearts for hope and to be a light in this world and to, oh God, proclaim the greatness of God everywhere we go. Father, I thank you for this people. I thank you for this message today and all that you're doing in our hearts. Father, let us be a light in this world this week. And, Father, to come back excited for the messages you have and the series you put on our hearts as pastors in this house, Father. We just proclaim your greatness today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, hey, could we give the Lord a hand this morning? Could we just thank him for everything? Amen, amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.